Welcome to the Warrior Families Movement, where we learn how to create lives and homes in which you and your family are all passionately engaged in using your gifts and the fight for good. I'm your host, Karen Bates, and I'm excited to journey with you as we learn to let go of the weights of distraction, perfectionism, comparison, and control, so we can freely walk with courageous purpose and loving presence on our unique path. Each episode is designed to shine light on a step you can take toward your inspired dreams and vision for lifting your family and lighting the world. Hello, good morning, or whatever time of day that it is you're listening to this. I read a fairy tale recently, a grim fairy tale called The Golden Bird, and it has become a new favorite fairy tale because I just found a lot of little lessons for me in it. And one that I wanted to share today is about trusting God enough to let yourself rest. I think it's probably an important thing for us to think about right now as we head into the holidays. I know it is for me. And if you're not familiar with the fairy tale, I'll just give you a quick overview of it. There was this kingdom where there was a tree that had golden apples. And every night, one of the apples went missing, and this made the king very upset. And so his oldest son said, I'll watch the tree tonight, Dad, and I'll see what's happening. And so he went out, and he fell asleep. And the morning, the apple was gone, and he didn't know what happened. So the second son goes and does the same thing. Again, he falls asleep and doesn't know what happened. And then the last son, the youngest, takes his turn, and he goes out. And he stays awake and he sees this golden bird come up out of the sky and try to pluck the golden apple. And he tries to shoot it with his arrow and the bird escapes. But he does leave a feather behind. And so the young man shows his father this feather and his father says, we cannot be satisfied until we find this bird. So the oldest son says, I will go on this quest. So he goes out and on his way, he meets a fox. And the fox says, when you travel, you will see two different inns. And one of them is going to look pretty shabby. And the other one's going to look really nice and fun and luxurious. But you need to stay in the first one, the shabby looking one, or you will have ill luck. So the young man leaves and he's like, why should I listen to a fox? And he chooses when he gets to the inns to go into the nice, fun, fancy looking one. And he gets so distracted that he forgets all about his father and his quest and just hangs out and has a good time. And so when nobody hears from him, the second son goes out and says, hey, I'll go and find this golden bird. So his father lets him go. The same thing happens with the fox. And he gets to the end and he sees his brother in the window of one of them. And his brother says, come join us. This is a great time. And so the second son goes into the fun, um, distracting inn and forgets his quest and forgets his father. And nobody hears from him. So then the youngest son decides he wants to go, and the father's very reluctant. He's already lost two of his sons. He doesn't want to lose his youngest and only child left. But he, after enough pleading, he lets him go. And he also comes to the fox, and when he gets to the inns, he decides to listen to the fox, and he goes into the shabbier one. And then later on, the fox says, okay, you listened to me that time. Great job. Now for your next quest, you're going to go into this castle to get the golden bird. He's going to be in a rackety old cage. Take him home in that cage. If you try to transfer him into the nice looking cage, then bad things will happen. So the young man goes into the castle. He finds all the guards asleep, like the fox said, and he gets to the bird and he does notice this beautiful cage next to him and he's in this rackety old cage. He's like, wow, it would be a shame 
to take my father, this beautiful bird, in this rackety old cage. And so he chooses to transfer him. And the bird gets upset. He makes a lot of loud noise. And the guards wake up and take him prisoner. And in order to get out of prison, the king says, we will kill you tomorrow unless you can go and find this horse. I can't remember what's special about the horse. But he says, um, okay, I will go. So he has a similar experience with the fox who tells them to not do a certain thing and he goes and when he gets there he's tempted to do it and he does it and again things go bad. This happens three times in different ways with him getting counsel from the fox, almost obeying it and then at the last minute being tempted not to because of different reasons and he disobeys and he gets thrown in prison. On his third time in prison he is stuck and he's going to die the next day and this is the task that the king gives him. I'm just going to read it. The next morning, the king said to him, thy life is forfeit, but thou shalt find grace if thou canst level the mountain that lies before my windows and over which I am not able to see. And if this is done within eight days, thou shalt have my daughter for a reward. So the king's son set to work and dug and shoveled away without ceasing. But when on the seventh day, he saw how little he had accomplished and that all his work was as nothing, he fell into great sadness and gave up all hope. But on the evening of the seventh day, the fox appeared and said, You do not deserve that I should help you, but go now and lie down to sleep, and I will do the work for you. The next morning, when he awoke and looked out of the window, the mountain had disappeared. The young man hastened full of joy to the king and told him that his behest was fulfilled, and whether the king liked it or not, he had to keep his word and let his daughter go. So the young prince gets to leave with the princess and again the fox comes and gives him some advice for his way home, which he doesn't heed and go, gets into more trouble. But in the end, he does learn to listen to the fox and he is rewarded with all of the good things in all the kingdoms. You can find Grimm's fairy tales online and so I highly recommend you read this story and see all the really um, profound principles and symbolism that are in it. But... For today, I just want to focus on that scene where the young man on the seventh day just sees the mountain in front of him and just feels so hopeless and despairs because there's so much to do. And the fox comes and does the work for him. As I read this, it reminded me of something that happened to me in college. I was a little nervous when I started college because I didn't feel like I had learned much in high school. I didn't remember much about history, math. I often skipped class because it was boring and I'd rather be with my friends. And so I felt really, really humbled and inadequate in my college classes. And I was really worried about how I would do. And uh, my American Heritage class was especially difficult. And many people did not pass that class. So one day I knelt down to Heavenly Father and it was a Sunday. And I was tempted to do my homework on Sunday. I had been taught that it's probably not a good idea to do homework on Sundays, but I felt like if I want to pass these classes, I need to I need to do my best and do homework on Sunday. And I knelt down and I asked Heavenly Father to please help me be able to pass these classes without doing homework on Sunday. And I told him, like, I know I have made a lot of mistakes in the past and that I'm in the situation I put myself in, but I really need your help and um, I'm not going to do homework on Sundays, but please help me pass these classes anyway and be able to do a good job. So I put in my effort. I, I, I read the books. I did what I could do. I did not do homework on Sundays. I was able to not only pass my classes, but do really well, often getting the highest scores in the classes that I was in. And it was because of that help that God gave me because I chose to rest on his Sabbath day. 
I just think it's important to remember that God gives us time to rest. There's time at night, every day that we can sleep. There's times during the day that we should take a little time and just be with him and and notice the things around us and, and feel gratitude in his love. I recently watched a movie that is my new favorite movie. It's right up there with Molly. It's called Free Burma Rangers. And in it, every time the guy goes to make a decision, he always says, and then I prayed and then I, like it was just a habit, a pattern in his life. He was anxiously engaged in a good cause, but he always checked in with God before he went forth and did it. And I think that's a form of rest, of of stopping, not just pushing forward in our obstinate, like I got to get things done way, but stopping and taking a break and listening. I was actually talking about this principle to a friend the other day, and I realized I had had an experience that exemplified this principle again that morning. I was reading my scriptures, and I remembered an email I needed to send that I had told a friend I would send that morning. And I almost stopped my study and sent that email. I just said, I'll just get it over with. I'll get it done so that I don't have to think about it. And then I can go back to my scriptures. But as I was going into Gmail, I thought, no, this is not a good pattern. Like I've been doing this a little bit, stopping my scripture study early because I remember something and I don't want to keep this up. So I closed the Gmail tab and I continued my studies. And I didn't get to that email that morning. The kids woke up and I had to get going with my day. But that afternoon, I ran into a friend who was writing the newsletter for our school, and she asked me if there's anything I wanted her to include in the newsletter. And I remembered this email I was going to send out to the same people and asked her to include that in there. And so I never had to take the time out of my scripture. God made it work out so that it got done for me. And it was that principle in action. If you put first things first, you don't have to stress and push and worry. However, ever since... I made this goal for myself and I've asked myself, do I trust God enough to rest? And I've been doing it at night when I wake up in the middle of the night with things to do. I do repeating to myself, okay, do you trust God enough to rest? And it has helped me be able to get back to sleep and to be a little more restful. But I've also been bombarded with a lot of things to do lately. It's almost like a test, like, okay, really, do you really trust God enough to rest? And there's so many things and I start to feel weighed down again. It's so easy to forget that I'm working on this and that I don't have to do it all myself. But I have been practicing. And so even though I'm not perfect at it, I've been practicing just being in the moment and being grateful for the moment and not being so rushed to get to everything else all the time. Trusting that the time will come to get to it when the time is right or that it'll take care of itself. So for instance, yesterday um, I was playing with my kids and often when that happens, I'm thinking about all my to-do lists in the background, but I told myself, no, I'm going to enjoy this moment. Those things will still be there, and I'm just going to be fully present. I was talking to some people later on that day that I felt the same thing. Like I started to think about like, oh, I should be doing this and this, and then I remembered, no, these are the most important people right now because I'm with them, and I'm going to spend time with them and talk to them, and I'm going to be fully present in this conversation and, and feel the love that God has for them. And so that practice, I'm hoping, will get to the point where I do it all the time and that I can feel that joy. Uh, Maybe it's not possible on this earth. I don't know. I think in this earth, we will experience some of both and some dark and some light and forgetfulness, but I want to get better and better at it because I really love living that way. I went hiking with a good friend the other day and we were talking about some of these principles and she said that she had this experience with God where she felt him tell her, you need to stop trying so hard to be okay and just be. And she was like, oh, is that allowed? Like, do I, is it okay to not be okay? 
And I think that that's exactly what God is telling us. Like, this is a broken world. We're surrounded by people who make mistakes. We're weak. We have weaknesses. And there's all sorts of turmoil going on around us. So we don't need to be okay. We just need to be with him as we as we move through this journey. It reminds me of um, this song that I love called Truth Be Told. And here's the first verse. It says, lie number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. Lie number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. Truth be told, the truth is rarely told. Now I say I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken. And when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not. And you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it when being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fall. There's no sin you don't already know. So let the truth be told. I love that honesty and that reminder that we're all broken and we all have issues and that's okay. That's what it means to live in this world. But I also love the scripture that says, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. He is here like constantly reaching out to us to walk with him. And if we just remember him, if we remember to be present in his love and to love the people around us with that love, including ourselves, I've noticed that if I want to go do something loving, I need to be loving to myself before I go. I need to notice the words I'm saying to myself and and say kinder words. And then I can be truly present and truly in alignment with how God sees me before I go and, and share that love with others. And so I think that's a really important part of rest is to just rest in his love and see ourselves as we really are. So I hope some of these thoughts have been helpful to you in that we will all take time to trust God enough to rest this holiday season, dress in his love more often, to remember that it's okay not to be okay because he is okay. And in him, we can find rest and guidance and a hand to hold as we journey back home. I know that as we choose to move through life more consistently with him, we can do all he needs with more joy and more presence. And I don't believe we'll be perfect at it because we will often forget, but that love is always there for us. It's in the leaves, the sunset, the rolling clouds over our heads, the snowflakes, in the flowers, and wherever we choose to stop and listen and see and remember him and then let him in. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Will you please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends so that we can grow this warrior family movement and encourage one another in using our unique gifts in the fight for good. And if you'd like to know more about the Warrior Journey program, the events, the school, or any other resources, please visit awarriereducation.com. And I'll see you there.